We are live. This is awesome. It is Saturday morning. And who is not sailing into Saturday? Woke up this morning, palm trees, beautiful day. And then I realized what day it was. There's a lot of stuff going on today. Today, yeah. obviously, is the first day of summer, mm-hmm. aka, first off, aka Nani Boss Life back in Vero Beach after uh, a great little short trip up north. But now I'm live in Vero Beach with two sisters. And my name is Janice, reporting live from The Circle in North Haven. And obviously today is Saturday, June 20th. And it also happens to be my fifth wedding anniversary. So I just want to say happy anniversary to my amazing husband, Gary. Five years, five years, holy moly. I know. Five years ago at this time, while the girls were downstairs, we were getting ready, drinking champagne, having a great time. So, but we have a lot to cover today. Um, but Today's the first day of, today's the first day of summer. Summer yeah. solstice is here. Today is the longest day of sunshine. And actually, I believe it was maybe two or three days ago up until the 26th or, you know, just the days are just much longer. So get outside, get some movement in. I actually talked to my daughter up north and she said it was already getting warm there. So I'm assuming you've already had your kickboxing morning. Let's, let's get a live update on that. Oh my God. Um, seven, the class started at 7.45 a.m. And let me tell you, ILKB North Haven, if you're up in this area, they did, you know, shout out to, to Kristen and Kara Gold and Vic and Kendra Coutrone, and I'm probably not pronouncing that correctly. Vic and Kendra are the owners. They did a fantastic job. Everything was so organized, well orchestrated, very clean, and they guided you through the process, which was (laughs) amazing because, you know, I had to wear, we all had to wear masks, and and I'm okay with that, and I got to say it was a little difficult. Um, My glasses were fogging up, but, you know, hey, we got through it. It was a great workout. It's a good thing um, that I am here in North Haven because I am a sweaty stinky mess right now and i don't think anybody would want to be around me and i would certainly understand that oh my god but it was that that is awesome and i just well completed and but i'm actually continuing my journey i took place in the three month long ultimate thriver journey with my nutritional company and uh, I lost a total of nine pounds. Now, a lot of people say, ooh, nine pounds. It doesn't sound like a lot within three months. But at 62 years old, I'm realistic. I know my, my metabolism is slower than someone. And I was in the age group. John and I were in the age group from 35 and up. John totally transformed his gut. Like, you know, he had those little love handles. So didn't I still working on them, but definitely we lost inches in our waist. We lost inches. I lost inches in my arms, which is my biggest problem area. Still working on that lost inches in my hips and lost inches in my legs. So it was a total of 10 and a half inches throughout the entire body. It was a three month program. And what I love about being a part of what I do it's not going to resonate with someone if I'm not being a product of the product. Now we always talk about gut, gut health, overall health and wellness. 
But if we're not actually taking the steps to do it ourselves properly, like we're instructing, you know, our clients to do and adding that with a balanced day of fitness, we're never going to reach our goals. So what, what, what frequently that we talk about, we get sidetracked is our lives. You know, we get busy. We tend Mm -hmm. to help other people first and we kind of always put our own health and wellness a lot of times on the back burner. And I recognize because of the last six months, moving, you know, reestablishing a whole new rest, you know, residence and all that that entails, in addition to taking on these different ventures that we're up to, I was starting to put some of my own health and wellness on the back burner. Can't get to it. I've got to get to this Zoom. I've got to get to, you know, I've got a deadline for a writing due or, you know, I've got a customer that needs me. And what I realized through the actual quarantine part was the self-development of my mindset, which really changed not only my mindset for my health and wellness, but my overall health and wellness with our, my business, with my personal life, that I had to dive into, because there's so many things I'm passionate about, there's so many things that you're passionate about, but if we're not being a product of the product, the overall health and wellness movement, then we're doing a disservice to ourselves. So I really took that to heart, and I said, I'm going to commit to it. I'm so proud that I did. I'm so proud that John did. Um, you know, and it was, you know, we had to pivot, you know, obviously because of the quarantine and, you know, stay at home, home advisories, you had to get creative. And now that our pool is complete, although we're, we're still doing some, some different phases of landscaping, uh, I'm really taking on a water fit and I'm trying to work on and develop a water fit program because I really found, found with water, especially for women, men, 40 and up they're not hitting the gym hard like they used to in their 20s and 30s. You're just not. Your metabolism's different. Your physical, what you can do is a little bit differently. And to utilize equipment within the water, which also is a great way to, especially if you've got a bad back, you know, you've got some sort of injury. There's something about water and actually doing, using equipment that, you know, you're doing the resisting within the water and using your own body weight and you know the weightlessness of when you're in water to combat mm-hmm. each other, it, it, it's amazing. So I'm working on that as part of our, one of our programs that we're gonna be working on with uh, our 12 week to, or eight to 12 week coaching that we're working on that we're, we're hoping to kick off sometime probably late, uh, late summer as we're developing that. But yeah, I just, I feel good. It really, it felt good to commit and not look back. And it, you know, it, it there's, I think they're down to six, six people in each category. So I believe it was 35 and under and 35 and older. And the grand prize, I don't know, it's over like $20,000. But it, for me, it wasn't about the money. It was more about, I got to kick my own ass. And I got I to gotta be accountable to me. Right. You know what? And, and the, that last thing that you just said, I have to be accountable to myself. And that is so true. So obviously, I haven't been on the mat for three months. Right when the quarantine started, I had um, injured my knee. So I had only technically missed like one class at that point. (laughs) But three months later, even though I was doing some of the things at home, you don't, I shouldn't say you don't, but in my mind, for me, I wasn't pushing myself. So for me, Yes, I can do things at home when there's bad weather, bad weather, or it's raining, whatever, or being, you know, quarantined. Yeah, I, I can do things at home, but being in the studio for me, 
I love that camaraderie of making myself accountable to everyone around me. <laughs> you know, it was so great to see, you know, my buddy Lori, um, Amber, I call her the burpee queen, Kristen, like all, all these women that, you know, I just, I miss so, so much and who I have such great admiration for. And, you know, that's what works for me. <laughs> now, that may not work for somebody else, but I think if you're deciding on, you know what, I think I would be better off to be in a situation where I'm in a gym or a studio, you always have to take it slow. And what I loved about today's class too was, you know, Kristen said, hey, you know, we haven't been on the mat in a while, you know, don't point, push yourself to like, oh my God, I can't do this, like where you physically can't do it. Yeah, you want to kind of push yourself, but be observant of what you're doing and how you're doing. So as much as I know kickboxing, I know the moves, I know how to kick, I was watching and observing Kristen because, you know, you get a little rusty. And it was, oh my God, I, I just can talk on and on about it. But the bottom line is it goes back to your mindset. How are you going to achieve what you want to achieve without going overboard, but pushing yourself? So there's a fine line there, which that's going to be kind of, <laughs> excuse me, um, you know, kind of mixed in with our program. So I know we're going to, going to be working on that next week. I will be bringing my, um, my kickboxing gloves. Awesome. Yes. I cannot wait for uh, you guys to come visit. And, you know, our audience is going to be excited because we're actually going to be live together, like physically together. So that is awesome and cool. And I'll get to share with you some of, while you're bringing your boxing gloves, share some of uh, the WaterFit program that we're going to be working on as well. So I'm super excited about that. Um, so I want to do some follow-ups. I did get, um, you know, some people had messaged us about yesterday's live and in ways in which how you deal with a family member and or an, even an acquaintance, a friend or whatever, if you have difference of opinions with what's going on in the world. And frequently what I tell people besides, you know, having that tolerance and being open is also kind of like what we talk about with health and wellness, do your own investigating and do the level that you can do. That also applies to kind of this situation. And what I mean by that is don't close yourself off because you're opposed to an opinion. Don't close yourself off even if your, your ideology is different. And the reason being is the beauty of the freedom of our country is that we do have that freedom, that freedom of speech, that freedom of right to have our opinions, but we don't want to close off other people's input and engagement because then you lose that dialogue of compromise, you lose the dialogue of learning. And with that, um, I actually ran into um, a great read and I actually shared it on my page and it is from a uh, great uh, doctor. He's a uh, doctor, Dr. Botchman. Hopefully I'm, I'm pronouncing his name right. And he is a dean uh, at, he's a uni at, at the Christian University. And he actually was talking about 
Um, he's also a theology of African Christian University. He's a former pastor. He's from California. And he was actually on a podcast, <clears throat> and he was talking about ethnic groticism. And I'm totally not pronouncing that correct. I already know that. Notism-ism. I'm not even sure how to pronounce it. Anywho, he was talking about his beliefs with social justice, anti-racism, and uh, the movements that he felt, uh, in his professional opinion, were poisonous ideology. And it was uh, steeped in Marxist critical thinking. And it was, it's basically comes down to a redistribution of justice to certain society, society groups. Uh, with, and it doesn't consider the actual individual. And it was a very interesting read on his take uh, of black African-Americans in America versus the world. And what he said is sadly, globally, anyone that's not from the United States views African-Americans that their daily lives are very typical of the George Floyd sad incident. And I thought, how sad is that, that people from other countries think that is the norm, that that happens every single day on and on and on and on. And so what he does is he talks about, you know, the, the different groups and his argument is that black Americans are being poisoned, that they're a they're they're oppressed and he feels um he's been actually been talking about this for quite a long time and he said people are missing the big picture um about compassion whoops and understanding um he also his background because a lot of times you'll say and it, again does has nothing to do with color oh well you know maybe he grew up in a predominantly you know affluent white community, or he had all the um, special things that he could do, so he can't relate to me because I'm from the street. And he argues that point because he actually grew up, and he's a, another perfect example, also like Nancy Green, who was a uh, spokesperson for Aunt Jemima, which that's another interesting from, I think the great-great-grandson is very upset of what's going on. So that's a whole other topic. But he said a lot of people will you know, say that, you know, I had advantages. I didn't have any advantages. He grew up in a drug-infested, gang-invested South Central LA uh, in 1969. He grew up during, during the crack era. He was raised by a single teenage Buddhist mother. And he went on to, you know, put himself through college, knew the importance of education, and he is a dean now and a speaker on the myth of uh, Blacks, uh, black Americans being oppressed. So it was a very interesting read. And the reason why I shared that was, I think everyone has to understand when we talk about tolerance and difference opinions, don't close, you know, and again, it goes back to what we talk of always, you know, whether it's health and wellness, whether it's a, what's going on in our current events, listening and hearing, there's two different, two different things. You can hear all you want, but if you're truly not listening and absorbing, it's not going to impact you. And it's, I think what ha frequently when people chat and they kind of get into that heated conversation, to me, it's more rooted in, I want you to think my way. I want you to vote my way. I want you to see, because my way is the right way. Instead of taking a step back and saying, well, why do you feel this way? Tell me something. What am I missing? 
or give me an example so I can really understand where you're coming from. It doesn't have to be a heated conversation. It doesn't have to be angry. But I think the key piece to a healthy conversation with your family members and or your friends is not try to change their ideology and or getting them to vote one way or the other. I think that's, I think that's a biggest, biggest piece. And don't practice bigotry. More often than that, 80% of people, maybe even higher, and I don't want to use necessarily say blanket, they're all bigots, but they're practicing bigotry in such a way that what does bigotry mean? What does being a bigot mean? It's an intolerance of someone else's ideas, opinions. So I think to a healthy engagement of dialogue, you have to start with that mutual respect of tolerance and don't try to change the person's feelings. Enlighten them where you're coming from. Enlighten them with maybe things that you've read or why you think you think the way you are or what you're going to do. And then pause and let them interject. And I think that in itself is going to promote a healthier dialogue. But it's also really going to show that people coming from different backgrounds, ideologies, opinions can, in fact, have a great conversation. Right, exactly. And, you know, that brings to mind, I was uh, listening to something um, on Facebook yesterday as I was actually working out on the, um, the terrace, um, just finishing up some work. And I thought it was interesting, obviously, all the comments. So, and, and typically, I wouldn't comment, but this time I did. And I said, you know, well, why do you, can you point out to me, like, why you feel this way or, you know, because this is the way I feel. And it was interesting and, and I want to say almost comical and I understand that, you know, <laughs> everything is very heightened. Uh, emotions are running high. But I, I asked a very logical question. I was very respectful. I got, um, what kind of Kool-Aid are you drinking? You trumpeteer. Um, got called the racist name, uh, like all this stuff. And I laughed. I'm like, you can't have an open dialogue. You can't reason with some, with anybody who doesn't want to want to have that sensitive conversation. I asked a blanket question and then all the comments started rolling in. So I, I replied to a lot of them. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh my gosh. And I think, I think that's a good point. And how do you handle when you are that person that's really taking the mature approach and having that dialogue while someone's resorting to either name calling, which are we in kindergarten or are we adults, number one. But number two, that's where I actually cut the conversation off. And I, I let them know why I'm cutting it off. When you're ready to have a very open, mature conversation. I'll walk down that journey with you again. But I, I am so postured in how I feel and that I have the ability to be open to listen to somebody else that I won't waste my time with someone that's just doing baiting or 
purposely trying to get into an argumentative type of tone. I don't waste my time with people. I don't even get aggravated with them because a lot of people frequently will take advantage of maybe someone's point of view. And again, they're really, instead of respecting the person that they're having that dialogue, decide, well, you know what, it's easier just to call them a name. It's easier, you know, it's just easier to argue with them. You don't solve anything. We, as human beings, we don't solve, that's not how we solve our differences. And that's not how we move forward to change. So when someone does that to me, because actually that was one of the questions I got, well, how do you handle when you're the one that's kind of doing the conversation the right way, but they're name calling or trying to bait you? You kindly decline the conversation. Say, thanks so much. When you're ready to actually be open and calm and mature, because it is a sense of maturity. Mature people can sit down and have a discussion it can even get heated as long as it's respectful. But if you're going to resort to name calling, you know, the words that, you know, were used at you, racist, well, you bet you should look up those words and the whole trumpeteer, you know, I'm not in, I'm not in kindergarten. So I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to, I'm not going to give that person a platform to even use to go after me because I just end it. And it's okay to do that. And you, you do it respectfully. You never lower to that person's level because that you don't want to go there. And why should you? As long as you are confident and postured in your beliefs, but it's not just about your own beliefs. Being postured means tolerance. Being postured means that you, are, you feel so good where you're at that you don't mind someone that has a difference of opinion because maybe you may not totally agree with that, you may pick up something that you learned about that person. Oh, I didn't think of it that way. Oh, that would make sense. And that's how we learn. We don't stop learning from each other. And you, right. don't, and you don't learn from each other by baiting them or calling them names. That's just back, backyard nonsense. Well, yeah. I, I, and that's kind of where the conversation was leading to. So I, you know, followed some of the comments throughout the day and, you know, put in a comment here and there when I felt I had to. And, you know, I've had some great conversations with um, a lot of my friends and family. Um, and, you know, I have a lot of friends that support or are democratic. Um, and I have a lot of friends that support the Black Lives Movement. And we've ha all had great conversations. Now, because I feel one way, doesn't mean that I am not open to listening. I'm always open to that because that's where you learn. That's where you engage. That's where you have that mutual respect for one another. But I think it's looked at, <coughs> excuse me, I think sometimes it's looked at as if, um, you know, I heard somebody say once that that's putting the pressure on the other person to educate myself. I'm like, no, it isn't. If you like, like open, just be open to the dialogue. I mean, sure, some conversations can get heated, but you can always be respectful in a heated conversation. Just, you know, go back to your mindset and, you know, how would you, if you had there, and, and I always try to think this, if this is the way they're feeling. I want to put myself in their shoes for a moment and think about, and sometimes 
that is hard to do, but it makes me see things differently and respect why they believe what they believe. That does not mean that I abolished or abandoned how I feel, because I, I do feel a certain way, and that's okay. <laughs> and I think that's, I think once people really embrace that and understand that you can, you can share your ideology in a way that you're not demeaning the, to, towards the person that you're actually talking to, that's where you get some really great dialogue. But yeah. you, can't, you can't go in there as an expert. And I think you also have to recognize, geez, I read this, I did my research, but let's be real. You know, when you're, you're doing research, and most people are doing research via the internet, the internet, you know, has a funny way of bringing you to other spots. So when I do any kind of research now, I actually try to get it from three to four sources. But I can tell you, I had one conversation with someone who automatically put the flag up uh, in an argumentative way. And I said, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with this. And they went, where did you get your sources? I need to know. And I said, okay, I have no problem doing that. But are you then implying, and it was the mannerism of what the, how the tone of the person, how they did it. Are you implying that I would purposely not back up you know, the information that I, that I got? Like, that, is that so important to you that you're not willing to have the dialogue? No, they wanted to, they wanted to actually see the research or, we, or where I received the, the information. So I gave them all my links. And I said, okay, so let's chat. Well, I, I don't believe this anyways. So in that, in that case, you know, I'm postured enough to, some people would have said, well, wait a minute. I gave what you asked for and you're not willing. I don't even waste my time. I, I just don't. I cut it off. Hey, no problem. No worries. See ya. Like, it's, right. all, it's all good. And if someone also is doing it the opposite way, in such a way that my facts say, but they're doing it in such a way that's a tone of I'm right, you're wrong. That's not a way to have a good conversation either because the bottom line is there's right and wrong in all, all avenues if you, dig, if you dig deep enough. So there is no perfection. There's no perfect answer to any one thing. The bottom line is ideology and opinions of, of where our country is going and what we're feeling still also is based on that particular and how they're feeling to begin with. Then you also engage in, okay, well, what, what is factually going on? And that's how people form their ideas and opinions. And everyone has to express that, but they also have to remember, we could, it's that, that same basic childlike example. I whisper in your ear, one, one, one sentence. You in turn whisper it to someone else's ear. And you do that in a big circle. By the time it gets to the last person, usually you'll find it's a totally different sentence. And that's called tolerance. We have to understand people absorb information differently. differently. Right, exactly. People, people can see the exact same situation and totally view it differently. And God created us that way. He created us equal, but also we're individuals. So while we embrace that, you know, equality, which that's what we all want, 
we want, everyone wants equality. Everyone wants to be treated the same. We also have to be mindful that we're individuals and give ourselves a, a break that, oh, you know, it's not that you're see, you, that you're wrong. You just may be viewing it differently from the person next to you. And I think if you actually, right, and if you actually keep the golden rule close to your heart, you'll always be postured because you're going to know, hey, would I want to be treated that way? So I'm not going to engage with somebody that's treating me in a way that I wouldn't do to them. Right, exactly. Makes a, makes a big difference. Yeah, and I want to get to some uh, comments. It looks like we have quite a few comments. Um, good morning, Kelly. We're so happy you're here today. Good morning, Lori. Thank you for being here. Oh, my dear friend, Lisa. Um, Hi, Lisa. Sending you big hugs. Um, she says, well, first of all, good morning, ladies. Mwah. Yes, for fact, some people uh, want to keep talking but never want to listen. So true. You know, just what we were talking about that. Lori says, we always can learn from another point of view if we are willing to listen. 100% Lori. Um, Anna Maria is on. Good morning. Um, Lisa, I went and bought Angemima syrup and box mix because I feel so sad they are trying to take her legacy away from all of her hard work. <laughs> God bless um, Nancy Green. So well said. Absolutely. It's and there was an actual article, Jan. I don't know if you got to see it. Uh, I'm actually going to look it up again. And I believe it was the great, great grandson. He's devastated. You know, that, yeah. was, that was a legacy in his family that they were proud. And I think if people actually do their digging like, like we did the other day, she was an entrepreneur. I mean, we're entrepreneurs. And even if you're not an entrepreneur, gosh, she was, she was born out of her, her time. I mean, all that she accomplished, that having that lifelong contract with that company allowed her to pursue her passions of talking about poverty. Why do I always have a hard time saying that? Poverty. Because I think I try to connect it with poetry. I don't know why. That's Carol's so naughty boss's brain sometimes. But she wanted to uh, really enlighten people on poverty and equality, equality uh, with all people. She was a co-founder of a Baptist church. And what she really, really was blessed, and she talks about that, that that, that opportunity with that company. And like, number one, who, who in today's day and age has a lifelong contract like that? She did it up to the day she died, basically. She was still that character. In addition, it allowed her to make change in the world in the early 1900s, guys. Think of that. We are in 2020. She passed away in 1923. What, what a blessing. What a gift from God she was. Oh, my God. It is yeah. so sad that the company, instead of jumping on this, I'm not sure if it's a trendy thing or really corporations that are really trying to really push push the agenda of divide instead of coming together you know she would be a perfect spokesperson today her message is relevant for today and the fact that her message was really heard in chicago where they have the most unbelievable sad deaths of, uh, of murders going on on a daily way. Her message today is so relevant. 
And I don't know why people are not gathering more of, get over the whole, the name thing, because I think people are pur purposely, companies are really trying to, we've got to divide the nation. Because I, I would guess if you were to poll, whatever color skin, no one, and there might be a few, but for the most part, no one thought of antimiba syrup in the way that, that the own, their own company is trying to now come up and say. But God yeah. bless Nancy Green. God bless her. Yes. So we have some more um, people hopping on and some more comments. Des, um, hi ladies, happy anniversary, Jen. Oh, thank you, Des, I appreciate that. Um, Lisa says, it's not the word, it's the tone. Rain makes seed grow, not thunder. I love that. Love oh, that. Love that. Hey, Cherie. Um, Lisa says, hugs to Carol Sue. Lini says, happy anniversary, thank you so much. Um, I'm having glaring issues, that's why I keep on taking my glasses on and off. So if I'm going like this, you know why. <laughs> See, I, it doesn't matter whether I have glaring issues because right now everything is one big blur. Yeah. Fine. Now I'm good. So what happens when you don't, you know, get your prescription for 30 right. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Now, if we can get you to download Grammarly, we'll be all set. But that's another subject. Um, <laughs> that is my own language. Well, this is the Daddy Bubalati. Oh my God. So. This has been a great podcast and we are so appreciative to everybody who hopped on um, next week. Uh, we will be live. Thank you, Lisa. Hugs to you and Dave. Thank you. Oh, so much. I have uh, one more thing before we, we sign yeah. off. I want to, uh, obviously a lot of people saw us dumping our L'Oreal products, which there is a gamut of companies they own. The mm -hmm. banner that are, are that is actually in the event is incorrect. The they used to own, and I actually talked about this, but I want to emphasize this again because I love their product. The body shop that has been relaunched on mm -hmm. June first, L'Oreal did in fact used to own them, but they sold them. Thank the Lord. I believe it was uh, in 2017. So even though the body shop logo is under one of the divisions and or branches and or companies that L'Oreal owns. That is incorrect. I'm going to see if I can change that banner up. So no, Body Shop is live June 1st. And thank the Lord they got away from L'Oreal. That's all oh I got. Oh my God. Absolutely. Absolutely. So once again, we want to thank you all for coming to listen to our podcast, um, viewing it live on Facebook. We love you. We appreciate you and all of your comments. Don't forget, you can find our podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and Overcast. This has been a great day, and it's going to continue to be great because we have so much to be thankful for. Reporting live from the Circle in North Haven, my name is Janice, um, married five years today. Where's the time gone? Along with... Carol Sue, AKA Nani Boss here for you always. Sail into Saturday with kindness first. Keep the golden rule close to your heart, change the world. Live from Vero Beach, guys. Have a great Saturday. Happy anniversary to Jan, Jan and Gary. And also happy first day of summer. Yes, happy first day of summer, everyone. And look for more updates. We love you. Mwah.